In the most well-known of Jesus's parables, we read of the sower or the farmer planting seed which falls upon four different soils. There is the unplowed soil of the wayside, the shallow stony ground soil with no depth, the soil among the weeds and the thorns, and finally the rich and fertile plowed ground that bears much fruit. In the parable, we find that only one of the four soils yields fruit to maturity. Jesus makes clear in his explanation of the parable that the seed is the word of God and the soils are the hearts of men. And ultimately, the whole point of the word of God within the heart of man is to bring forth good fruit, which begs the question, what exactly is the good fruit that the word of God is intended to produce in the heart of those that hear and receive it? Clearly, if Jesus connects the seed to his word and the soils to our hearts, then the fruit is not apples, oranges, figs, and so forth. So what exactly is it? One of the things that we teach first-year Bible students is that it is always best to begin interpreting scripture with scripture. And really, the first time in scripture that fruit is used figuratively as in not the fruit of plants or the fruit of offsprings of men or animals. The first time that we see fruit used figuratively is King David's words in Psalm 1. There we read these words in Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree, planted, by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The blessed and godly individual is the one that avoids evil counsel, the path of sinful people, and the place of derisive mockers. This is the one that finds delight and joyful pleasure in the teaching of God's word. And as such, they think deeply about scripture continually. And as a result of their way of life, this person is likened unto a tree that is planted and rooted by flowing water that brings forth fruit and does not wither and will ultimately prosper. But though this is the first figurative use of fruit in the scriptures, we're still not exactly given understanding as to what this fruit is. Of course, Jesus picks up on this fruit imagery in his teaching in the Gospels. As I shared a moment ago from the parable of the sower, we see it there. But he also speaks of it in the Sermon on the Mount when he teaches this in Matthew chapter 7, beginning at verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. In the Gospel of John, Jesus speaks metaphorically about the vine and the branches. He says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me, you can do nothing. 
God the Father is pictured in that section of scripture as the vine dresser. And Jesus says that the Father, the vine dresser, is glorified through our fruitfulness. But still, what is the fruit that God desires from my life and yours? In the New Testament letter to the Romans, the Apostle Paul wrote, Therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we should bear fruit to God. I realize I'm kind of dragging my feet a bit, getting to the clearest explanatory passage on what fruit is in the New Testament. But the Apostle James and the author of the book of Hebrews, they write of the fruit of righteousness. And then Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, he gets us closer to an explanation when he writes of the fruit of the Spirit, which is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. The fruit of righteousness and the fruit of the Spirit are that which Christ desires would be abundant in our lives to bring glory to God the Father. And what is the fruit of the Spirit? Well, in one of Paul's earliest writings, he writes this in Galatians chapter 5. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, just also as I have told you in the past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the evidence of the presence of God's Spirit at work in us. The manifestation or production of love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if these things are not evident in my life or yours, even in the most nascent form, well, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Those are pretty heavy words and somewhat disconcerting because I know me and I lack love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I may not lack those things when I'm at church and it is expected that I have those things, but I lack them when I'm tired, hungry, sick, and stressed. That's when you get to see the true me. That's when I get to see the true you, our real nature, our default nature. It shows up when we are tired, hungry, sick, and stressed. So I'm grateful that this fruit of righteousness is called the fruit of the Spirit. Why am I grateful that it's called the fruit of the Spirit? Because any time that I lack, any time that I need to, I can pray and say, God, give me your joy in this situation. Holy Spirit, help me to have your patience and your kindness right now. Jesus, manifest in me your self-control, gentleness, and goodness right now. And you know what I've discovered? As I ask him to produce in me his fruit, he does. Something to think about. We'll see you next time.